What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Fam, I literally go super YOLO today talking all things desiring to bring through me this lit up life full of aliveness, me getting to this place in 2023 where I cannot not honour my desires and this intense feeling of my woman really coming through me. I got back from a spontaneous trip to Bali a few days ago and Bali just brings through next level creativity for me. I also feel deeply connected to myself and deeply connected to God when I am in Bali. God you might refer to as the universe, source, higher power, higher spirit, higher consciousness, but I feel really connected and I can feel this power outside of me that reminds me of the power that exists within me. And I share with you what came up for me, the feelings that were evoked within me from when I went to Europe and the sensations that I can no longer deny and how this feeling, this craving, this yearning for aliveness has been playing out in my sexual relationship with Jake and also past partners too. I share the most funny story about Jake and I visiting a sex toy store recently. Maybe I'm the only person who finds it funny, but fuck, I think it's hilarious. (laughs) Sorry to the podcast team who are editing it. I hope you love it just as much as I love telling it. And to my mother who may or may not be listening to this, please don't tune into today's episode. You're going to thank me in advance for not listening. I hope that you really love listening to today's episode just as much as I love recording it. You know that I just love sharing the truth of my human experience and this episode is really, really, really that. It's not teaching, it's just fucking life. It's woman to woman getting really raw and really honest with you about what's going on for me and how living a robotic life, a monotonous life, just doing what we've been told by society to do, get a good job, save your money, invest in something, buy a house, get a nice partner, get engaged, settle down, get married, have children. It's just, I'm a yes to all of that, but I'm a yes to so much more than that. I'm a yes to living a life of aliveness and alignment and fucking I will go to my grave searching for that feeling if I cannot create it from within because I am not just doing the stereotypical thing for the sake of safety or for the sake of living up to my family's expectations or society's expectations. I'm just a fucking full body no. I'm a no. I'm a no. I'm a no. I know I shared with you on a few previous podcasts that I'm doing deep work right now to underpin my nervous system to ensure that my desires feel so safe in my body so that I can live from that space. I'm so committed to this path for myself first and for every woman that I support because We've been so deeply programmed from childhood. Our family have been deeply programmed by their parents and society. And the programming is just not working for so many of us. Mental health's on the fucking rise. And even, I don't want to sound like I'm judging, but fucking all these people walking around now vaping all day long. Like, what the fuck? Since when did we need little dopamine hits constantly? And I shared this on Jake's birthday a few days ago and I had my mobile phone in my hand and I said, what is the thing with this fucking vape? And my mobile phone was in my hand. He goes, well, for me, the vape is probably what your mobile phone is for you. And I'm like, oh my God, these constant little dopamine hits all day long. Why as a society are we reaching for the short, 
quick fixes versus living from our desires for a full, alive, lit up life. It's what I'm fucking here for, fam. You're going to witness so much magic within me from this point onwards and every single day that is to come because living my life from my desire is the path that I am committed to. That is my path for now. That is my truth. I hope you love listening to today's episode just as much as I love recording it. If you do, screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can connect with you. And I deeply desire, fam, to hear what you receive uniquely from today. Strap yourself in, fam. This is one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. I'm jumping into a honest Beck share today, and I have absolutely no idea where this podcast is going to go. So I'm just going to flow with it. But first, I thought I would tell you a really funny story only because I've told it about 90 times and I crack up laughing every time. I hope to God that my mum doesn't listen to this podcast episode. In fact, mum, if you are listening, mum, Margaret Antonucci, if you are listening to this podcast episode, stop listening right now. Mum, don't do what you did to me when I was a kid and read my diary when you weren't meant to read my diary. Has anyone ever had a parent who reads their diary? I love creative writing and I have always loved it since I was a child. And so I had this diary as a kid where I would write everything, the crushes that I had on the boys in school, the naughty things that I would get up to. If I was doing things that my parents wouldn't allow me to do, I would write it in the fucking diary. Anyway, As I progress and get older, I don't know how I didn't know that this was actually fucking me up because my little sister found it when I was in primary school and Jessica runs into school with my diary and tells the boy that I had a massive crush on, I have a crush on him. Then as I'm a teenager, I start getting grounded by my mum and I'm like, what the fuck am I getting grounded for? I haven't even got caught doing anything. And I realise this bitch has read my diary. Mum, you're my favourite parent, but if you listen to this podcast going forward, and you feel mentally disturbed for the rest of your life. You only have yourself to blame because I'm letting you know right now, this is kind of like a reading my diary moment. You don't want to listen to the next five minutes. Mum, put the podcast down. Take it out of your ears. You've been warned. (laughs) So as many of you would know, I love sex. Sex is such an important part of relationship for me. And it's something that actually for a really long time, I've wronged myself and judged myself and shamed myself for. And I guess a big part of that, if I was to really share with you, honestly, is because sex and the breakdown of sex was a big part of the reason that myself and the man that I believed that I was going to marry completed our relationship. It was why I ended up cheating because my desires were not met. And because my desires were not met and they were communicated to this man, I actually left, and I know you've all heard this story so many times, completed that relationship in integrity twice, which felt so heartbreaking to me because this young 25-year-old just loved this person and wanted to marry him, but felt like intimately and sexually, my desires were never going to get met with this man. My woman was never going to get seen with this man. And he would always come back and come back and come back. Well, twice, come back and come back. And I ended up cheating and the cheating led to the herpes virus. So you can understand why sex and me being fulfilled sexually is so important to me in relationship. And for a long time, I've kind of wronged myself because some people just have different sexual standards. Jake and I actually have different sexual standards. And we've been navigating that in our relationship and navigating our polarity because we're actually very, very similar people. If you've seen us online, 
We're both childish. We both act like big kids. We're both playful. We both love to eat. We both love personal development. We both have fitness. And when you have two people that are very, very similar, yes, that can create commonality and friendship, but it doesn't create sexual. I find my partner very fucking attractive. I'm like, sometimes looking at him like, you're so hot. He is my kind of man in terms of physical appearance, but it doesn't create the polarity the yin and the yang kind of sexual chemistry and connection that my woman yearns for. So that's something we're often working on. And this year on our relationship board, Jake put under the domain of relationships for him, sexual edging. And so I don't know what I was doing. I was lying in bed and I was like, I'm going to buy myself something. I'm going to go sex toy shopping. And I was lying in bed scrolling sex toys and as I was scrolling them, I was like, I'm starting to feel really turned on. Mum, stop fucking listening to the podcast. You do not want to listen to the rest of this. Stop it. Turn it off. Take it out of your ears. Do not continue listening. Margaret Antonucci, stop it. Just had to put that in there because just like my diary when I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, I used to write notes in my diary and say, Margaret, if you're reading this, and I knew she was reading it and the bitch kept reading it. I... I'm not reading my child's diary when I am older because that is a complete betrayal of trust. How dare you? Mothers reading their children's diaries, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's bad. It's wrong. Don't do it. Anyway, I feel really passionate about this. (laughs) So I'm scrolling sex toys store. I'm like, I'm going to buy myself something. And as I'm scrolling the toys, I'm starting to get turned on. I'm like, oh my God, Jake, I'm so turned on looking at all these toys. It's like nine o'clock at night and Jake wakes up between... 3 and 4.30 a.m. in the morning, he's like, babe, stop it because you're only going to end up disappointed because you're going to turn yourself on, you're going to try and hit on me, then I'm going to say no because it's so late at night, then you're going to get upset and it's going to start a big thing. And I was like, boring. Anyway, that's basically the epitome of our relationship the past four months, fam, if you really wanted to be a fly on the wall watching Jake and my relationship whilst we're in bed together. Anyway, as I'm scrolling the sex toy store, I'm like, oh, anal, I love, I actually really love anal sex. And mum, if you heard that, you have no one to blame except yourself. Margaret, you have no one to blame except yourself. No one. I told you. Don't. This is actually your Margaret Antonucci. If you're still listening now, this is your punishment for reading my diary. Yep. If you're mentally scarred right now from what you just heard, not only does your daughter talk about herpes on the internet, but you now also know that I love anal sex. You have no one else to blame except for you. Sorry, mum, I love you. I love you. And I know a really good life coach if you need support with this anyway oh my god I'm cracking myself up anyway so I'm lying there and I'm looking at all of these different anal sex toys that we could play with and all of a sudden I see these toys for double penetration and I'm like Jake double penetration he's like as if you would be into that you would not like it if two men were there I'm like you wouldn't like it if another man was there either he's like yeah I wouldn't Anyway, I was like, hold on, I would not like it if two men were there because I would have a massive story about how degrading it is, not saying that it is degrading for any woman that's into it, just I personally would not enjoy it. If they're threesome with another woman, yes. Threesome, two men, no. However, I was like, hold on, I'm not a yes to a threesome with two men. However, I would definitely be open to double penetration with the one man who's my partner. And there's this sex toy, right, that I've never seen before. I'm like, Jake, I am so curious. Oh my God, I hope my sister isn't listening to this either. And in fact, any of my family, if all of my family could just not listen to my podcast, it would be really great unless you just open to a whole new world of Beck Antonucci. And if so, welcome. All of you is welcome here. <laughs> and so I see this toy, right? And I've never seen it before in my life, but it's another cock that has these two handles that kind of wrap around his dick and his balls 
and creates another penis so that if you're bent over in front of him, he can enter you and then the extra penis can enter your ass. So I was like, oh my God, Jake, I'm just curious. We have got to try this. And Jake's like, okay, babe, we can try that. So I hate online shopping. I'm a very much go into the store and buy the thing. And so he said, we'll go sex toy shopping this coming weekend. And we're in the sex toy store. We go to Fremantle and we go into the adult store. And you know what adult shop store people are like? This is very open. And so Jake walks in. I'm like, are you nervous, babe? Because Jake is not like this at all. But he finds this AI machine that can support men to receive blowjobs. And he's standing at it. Jake's a big tech nerd. So he's like, oh, my God, babe, AI blowjobs, AI blowjobs. I could get rid of you and just get an AI blowjob. And I'm like, you don't even use me for blowjobs anyway, you dickhead. I was like, are you nervous? Jake, he's like, I'm not nervous. I'm like, I think you are because you're making really weird jokes. Anyway, the woman that's very expressed comes over and she's like, is there anything I can help you with? First of all, actually, (laughs) I say to her, yeah, number one, I need something for my child to actually be able to act like a normal human. She was like, your child? You're here for your child? And I was like, no, my child is in my partner, my adult partner. She's like, no judgment. I'm like, if I was talking about my child in the sex toy store, please, number one, judge me. And then number two, call the police. And then I turn around to her and I'm like, okay, I found this toy online and I need to find it here. And so I start explaining it to her and she's like, oh, I know just the one. And she takes me over and she finds it and she brings it out for me. And it was really underwhelming. I was like, oh, it's a bit small. I was like, well, I wanted it to be, you know, larger and at least the size of my boyfriend's penis. And she was like, that's okay. We can just think outside the box. We need some out-of-the-box thinking here. Jake isn't even listening at this point. She's like, what we can do is we can put panties on him. And I just love how serious she is. Like my boyfriend, alpha male boyfriend, I love like a strong, very masculine man. She's like, we'll just put some panties on him. And these panties have, and I'm not here judging anyone for the experience, whatever you're into, I'm like, fucking go for it. Experience it all, or at least try it to see if you like it. And if you don't, you'll be like, oh, you knocked it off the list, really wasn't into it. So she's like, we'll put some panties on him. And as a part of the panties, there's a hole in the panties that he can put on and you can insert a dildo into it. So you could put whatever size dildo that you're into and he can wear the panties and you can have that double penetration experience. I was like, well, number one, I'm inspired by your creativity. But I was like, I just have to be super truthful here and say, I'm probably not going to be turned on if I see Jake wear panties. And she's like, okay, okay, that's okay. I understand. Fair enough. Let's try something else. Let's get really creative here. We just need more out-of-the-box thinking. Okay, so there's this thing, and I'm dying at this point. This is a point, fam. If you know me, you know I love Instagram and filming and just like filming really funny shit and making people laugh. I think after I've abolished stigma, blown the fuck up out of my coaching business, I made it this multi-global thing, podcast has gone viral, all the stuff. I think deep down on the inside, I'm just meant to be a fucking comedian. Maybe none of you find me as funny as I find me, but I think I'm fucking hilarious. And if you know Miriam Brewer, everything that I say, she just cracks up laughing. So I'm like, if everyone finds me as funny as Miriam finds me, I'm definitely a famous comedian. Anyway, Jake is starting to listen now. She's like, out of the box thinking. She goes, so, and she brings me over to this, (laughs) this wall of toys. And she's like, so we've got this thing where, and it's a strap fan. It's a strap where you strap a dick to your chin right? It's a synthetic dick. Again, not very big. Again, quite underwhelming when it comes to size. And she's like, so then when you sit on his face and he's going down on you, 
then you can have the cock go up your asshole. At this point, Jake's ears perk up and he's like, I'm dying. I am like, I think I'm going to start crying. I think it's so funny. I really am. And his face is like, it's a boundary for me. I don't think I'm comfortable with a penis being strapped to my chin. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even want to try that. But God just gifted me the most beautiful memory of my whole entire life. Just like if I could have had my camera out at this stage and it's legal to bring your camera out in the adult toys shop and film your own boyfriend, his face of like, I don't think I'm comfortable with a cock being strapped to my chin. It's okay, babe. We're not going to do that. But oh, my God. <sighs> so funny. I had to share that. I had to share that. I've told that story like 90 times. And every time there's a part of me that just absolutely dies on the inside. So I've got the original toy, have not yet used it, but I will report back. The size is definitely underwhelming, but I will report back once I've used it in terms of the pleasure that is potentially available or not. <laughs> anyway, fam, as you can tell, I'm in this place in, if you can't tell, of 2023 being the year that I'm really honoring my desires or at least getting super curious about them. I have been yearning for and searching for this deep feeling and sense of aliveness for, I would say, my fucking entire life. If I'm really honest and truthful about it through every part of my journey that I've been through, I think underlying everything, there was a piece of me that was really, really deeply desiring to feel alive from the inside. And what Europe did for me last year is it activated that. Yes, it was something external that had created that internal sensation that I had been desiring. But from the point at which I have experienced that aliveness that had been suppressed within me for so long, it's like I can't fucking deny it. It's why I'm in the fucking adult store looking at double penetration dildos are strapped to my boyfriend's chin just for me to be like, is this what I want to experience? Because I'm unsure, but unless I try it, I don't fucking know. And I want to let you know why. Last year, I was working with my mentor, Preston Smiles, and I was talking to him about all the pressures that I put on sex and intimacy in my relationship. And I told him, like, I fucking need to have it. And I don't think you understand how triggering this conversation is for me because I left the man that I thought I was going to marry for the exchange of sex and intimacy. And I fucking ended up with the fucking herpes virus, which was the last fucking thing that I ever wanted to fucking go through. And I am not living my life without this like sex that I know that I fucking deserve. It is like top fucking priority for me in relationship. And I cannot be with someone that is not willing to go there with me. And Jake is like, I'm willing to go there with you, but all the pressures that you put on it isn't the most sexy fucking thing on the planet. And Preston with me, pulled it apart and I didn't fully understand it at the time but he was like it's actually not about sex and I was like what and he's like it's not actually got anything to do with the sex and he's like you are deeply craving this sensation this feeling of aliveness and it didn't land for me then this was his reflection then I must have watched that coaching session with him so many times on repeat and I was like trying to pull the thread once I went to Europe and that activated within me I was like oh my fucking god I get it now. And my life became so robotic. My dad told me to get good grades. 
If I got anything less than an A, I would have to explain my results to my parents. If I got in trouble, I would have to explain why I got in trouble to my parents. I'd be more scared of getting in trouble by my parents than I would feel getting in trouble by the school. I'd be more scared of explaining my bad grades to my family than what I would receiving the bad grades from my school, not that I really got bad grades. I had to get a certain TER and when I got 0.3 less than the TER that I committed to, my dad for 10 years told me, you got 0.3 less than what you promised. So everything in my entire life has always been 0.3 off good enough. And I've been programmed to be a good girl, a good worker, a high performer, a high achiever, and no matter how hard I work, nothing is ever good enough. So I've kind of worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked my entire fucking life. I'm programmed to be a good worker. I've had three jobs and a business at one stage. I had my successful coaching business. I got my coaching business to 200,000 Aussie dollars in the pandemic from April to fucking December while still working. I am a good worker. I can work, 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 work. It's been deeply programmed inside of me to be a good fucking worker. And what did that make me feel? Robotic and just like automated, just kind of like I know how to work but I don't know how to live and I don't know how to feel alive on the inside. And that's why I have been so, not addicted, I wouldn't say addicted, but I'm compulsed. I wonder what the word is that I want to share with you. That's why I've kind of craved this sex because sex is the feeling of aliveness that I don't get to experience anywhere else. And it's probably why I put so much pressure on my ex-boyfriend then because I was dieting and exercising so much. Again, that's so robotic. Oh, I'm going to have 150 grams of chicken breast and I'm going to have 80 grams of sweet potato and I'm going to have 40 grams of steamed broccoli and I'm going to have 12 almonds. Fam, I can fucking remember the grams because that's what I did throughout my life for 10 fucking years. That's robotic. No wonder I'm like, oh, sex is the place where I'm just free of all of that. I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking. Yes, I make noise, but I'm fully in my body and able to experience these sensations that I do not give myself permission to experience anywhere fucking else. I don't know if this is landing for anyone, but this to me has been like, oh my God. Anyway, at the end of last year, I did a session with my nervous system mentor, Carrie Azuma. I've had her on the podcast as well. You can backtrack and go to one of her sessions that we've done together here, which was a big favorite for a lot of women. And what she reflected back to me is, wow, Beck, do you feel like you have exchanged your desires for the sensation of safety? And that's what really landed for me when she said that to me, that, oh, my God, this is why my life feels robotic. I have exchanged desire for safety, desire for security, and that's not what my woman wants. It's almost like how I've said I built my business out of survival. I built my business from a place of, I can't pay my rent on Friday. And from that point, it was the pandemic. Everything was closed down. I had no other option but to A, go headfirst, deep dive into my business, or B, go to Centrelink, go to government benefits. And I put my fucking foot down and went for it. And yes, it created amazing results. $28,000 in my first month of business. I was like, I have hit the fucking jackpot. You know what I used to do every single month? Every single month, I used to transfer all of my money out of my bank account and put it into another bank account that I couldn't touch so that my bank account reflected zero dollars. I had no idea that this was a pattern playing out for me because every time I would see my bank, it would say zero. And it created that feeling of, I can't pay my rent on Friday. And then I would 
put my foot down and I would create more and more and more result. But then I would take it from me and put it somewhere else, take it from me and put it somewhere else or take it from me and invest in two really shit mentors. But either way, I would bring myself back to zero. And within my first year, I recognized that I was doing this. And that was at the beginning of last year, my awareness that, wow, I have learned how to live my life from survival. And once Preston reflected back to me, my desire for aliveness, and then I went to Europe and this liveness happened inside of me outside of sex. Obviously, I wasn't there with my partner. That's when kind of all the pieces of my weird jigsaw puzzle have kind of come together. And 2023 has become this year of Jake's like, I think you're having a midlife crisis. I'm like, this isn't a midlife crisis. This is a fucking awakening of my woman. This is an awakening of my woman where I cannot deny my desires. I cannot deny my yearning, my craving for a lit up alive life. And it's creating a little bit of catastrophe in some places. In some places, it's fucking unbelievable. In other places, like committing to living with a partner or committing to a future with a partner or committing to the kind of life that Jake believes that we should live versus, oh my God, feel all of this coming up and through me and inside of me. And I'm not even yet in a place where I can communicate it well. However, I'm feeling, I'm feeling all of this deep sensation that for so long, I feel like I pushed down and 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 was like, no, no, no. As long as I have a good job and a good career. And as long as I'm making money and I'm safe and I'm secure and I have a good partner. And for a period of time, that felt really fucking rewarding. And after two and a half years, I was like, I'm a fucking robot. I am a fucking robot because for a year last year, all last year, I was like, oh my God, I have the most unbelievable skill set. I have been hand delivered this ability to support other women. And now I'm witnessing all of these women all around the world who I am supporting live their fucking lives while I'm on the internet, supporting them to live their lives, which is A, rewarding, but B, also deeply incongruent if I'm not fucking living my life. So I'm in this place, fam of just like bringing through me this feeling, this energy, this aliveness, this creativity that I have just been like literally, I wouldn't say been begging God, but praying to God for, of I deserve a lit up life. I deserve to feel creative and alive and on fire and aligned. And, you know, I can just feel, I don't know if you can feel in my communication right now, but I can feel it in my body and it feels amazing and it feels undeniable. And for as long as I was denying it, I was projecting frustration at everyone else around me. And now that I'm starting to honor it, deeply honor it, like last night, I had a two hour meeting with my operations manager, Monique, and we just got so much done, but so much that feels so on purpose. When I went to Bali, Jake's like, why do you want to go to Bali for? You want to be single? I, was like, I said nothing about being fucking single, but I love traveling on my own. And that's actually conflicted a little bit with Jake's own beliefs and standards about relationship because he kind of believes that partners are meant to travel together. I love traveling to places by myself. I feel so lit up on my own. I'm such a people person. I have so much energy. I have even more energy with people. And I fucking love being by myself. I love being in Bali on a deck chair with the swimming pool in front of me and the palm tree and the ocean and my coffee and the Indonesian people walking past and saying, hello, Miss Rebecca, at Potato Head. I stayed at Potato Head because I couldn't decide what hotel I wanted to stay in. So I ended up staying in Potato Head Beach Club and it was actually really nice. And when you come back to the hotel every time you come back, they go, hello, Miss Rebecca, welcome home. And I just love it. I just love them so much. I love how they communicate. 
And as I sit there by myself with my coffee and my laptop, I just feel at so much peace inside of myself and so creative. And I feel like I can hear God speak to me louder than ever before. I love, love, love it. And then I'm in Bali and I get this incredible creative idea for a retreat, which is actually happening September, October this coming year. Monique and I are in planning right now. I talk about the retreat online. It's basically already sold out. There's an application form coming out. But so many women are like, fuck yes, Beck, I'm in. I just have all of this creative juice blowing. And then I also heard to spark even more creativity within me. Do you know what also became really fucking robotic? The herpes conversation. It became so robotic. I was like, I am so bored with my content. I have nothing fucking to speak about. All I talk about is herpes. I love helping women break free from herpes shame. But more importantly... I love seeing women break free from any fucking limiting belief that has been holding them back from living their fullest life, from expressing the truths of themselves, from living from courage, and that courage then becoming embodied confidence over time so they can live the life that they were put here to live. That's what fucking excites me. Not the herpes virus, but some of us, yes, herpes, but others, every other fucking thing that could happen to you as a human, that's what turns me the fuck on. But because I wasn't giving permission to my aliveness, and there was no aliveness coming through me, I was kind of like, I don't feel creative. What the fuck am I going to talk about? Well, I'll just talk about herpes. Everyone's happy if I talk about herpes. People will engage if I talk about herpes. No one else talks about it the way that I talk about it, so I better talk about herpes. God gave me this mission. I better keep going about herpes. And I was like, this isn't from aliveness or desire. This is from like, well, I've got fucking nothing else to say. And I said to myself for four months, why don't you put the herpes conversation down? and just see what comes through. And just notice how it still naturally has a thread through everything. It's still going to come up because it's so important to me and my human journey. However, now that I've put it down and I'm honoring the aliveness and the desire that I am giving permission, giving permission to come through me, oh my God, the creativity and the ridiculous amount of untapped, unlimited, just infinite content and conversation that's coming through me is just out of this world because I'm giving myself permission to communicate from my desires, to tap into my desires, to express from my desires, not from obligation, not from obligation. Even shared with Jake, I need to move out. I moved in six months too soon and I did it from a space of obligation. And I felt like at the time I was like, this was prior to Europe. I was like, I'm so in love with my boyfriend and he needs a housemate. And of course, that's the right thing to do. Well, what is six months? But six months, I really said at the beginning, when he first asked to move in together, I said, and this was Christmas, not last year, the year prior, we were in his apartment by ourselves and we lived so amazingly together. He said, baby, what do you think about us living together? And just remember, majority of Jake's friends are in committed relationships. And I believe that we are a product of our social circle. So it doesn't strike me as strange that Jake is ready for that next step in our relationship prior to me. A lot of my friends are not in committed relationships yet. A lot of my friends are entrepreneurs all over the world doing really cool shit. We are a product of our environment. And I remember saying in December that year, I said, yeah, in May 2023, I feel like I'll be ready for that step. That was my commitment. And then when our lease came to renew, even with Tony, Tony wanted to renew for another year. And I said to Tony, I'm not ready for 12 months. I think 12 months is too long, but what about six months? And so when I dishonored my truth, it created so much catastrophe, but I did it from a sense of obligation and just it's what a good partner would do. And I didn't 
honor my desires in that moment. And I feel like the catastrophe that I've created for myself and Jake through this move-in process has really shown me what happens, the destruction that happens in a woman's life, in my life, when I do not give permission to my desires and a voice to my desires. And I'm like, fucking never again, never again, never again. I'm just not. I deserve to live a life of aliveness. I deserve to live a life from my desires. I deserve to honor my truth in all moments. And I'm never, ever again doing something out of obligation except for my children when I have them. I'm sure there's lots of obligatory things that mothers do for their babies. However, I just can't. I just can't right now. It is not. It is not. It is not. It is not a midlife crisis. It is an awakening of my woman who is like, fuck yes, bitch. Robotic Beck is gone. And yes to us honoring the truth of what's going on within me. And I just want to wrap up with the final piece because I brought this to another mentor called Christine Hassler. She's amazing. And I brought this to her the other day and I said, I'm feeling all of this desire come through me, this yearning, this craving for a lit up, alive life, so much so that it's undeniable inside of me. It's like an awakening that I can't, I can't suppress it anymore. It's almost like I've lived up until now, pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. And it's like a volcano ready to fucking erupt and I can't let it go. And there's a part of my partner who says that there's a part of that that's unrealistic or a part of that that is living in fantasy. Jake often reflects to me that I do live a lot in fantasy. I have this fantasy life and it's not funny that he uses this word because basically every single one of my ex-boyfriends has told me that I live in a land called fantasy land and it's not real and where Rebecca lives, the rest of the world don't live and we get to live in the real world, Beck, live in the real world. And I'm like, the fucking world that you live in feels so boring and just like reality sounds like it fucking sucks for you. I like where I live. (laughs) I love the lens through which I view the world and what I believe is possible. And so I shared with Christine, when my partner reflects that back to me and says, you know, I have fantasy views about the world, fantasy views about relationship, fantasy views about sex. And this isn't an uncommon conversation that's been brought to me. I've had many partners prior that have also said this to me. I end up in this kind of ping pong match in my head of, I deserve to live a life of aliveness that's fully lit up. And oh my God, am I living in fantasy? Is my partner right? And I end up, that's basically what can often occur for me. And so she actually said to me, again, I hope my mum is not listening to this. Let's not make a reel about this one. She said to me, what is your fear of not living a life of aliveness that's fully lit up from the inside? And then she said to me, who did you see do that? And I said, I feel like it's my mum. I feel like it's my dad having so much control over my mum that if my mum had been free to do whatever the fuck she wants without the controlling Italian man telling her what to do and when to do it and how much money to spend, that her life may have looked very different. My mum might not agree with this, but again, this is my inner child, my inner teenager's perception. Almost like my father has caged to a point, again, podcast team don't make a reel out of this I told my mum not to listen and as soon as she heard about anal sex she would be not tuning in right now but I feel like there's a perception of my inner teenager that feels my dad has caged mum in a way and and myself and my sister to be truthful his intention would be beautiful his intention would be protection a strict Italian dad protect the women protect the daughters don't ever let them get hurt and she said, it's funny that you use the word caged because if you feel in any way caged in your life, you're going to fight like a wild animal to get out of it. And I'm like, oh my God, Christine, 
This is literally what I am doing in my partnership right now. And so one thing that she reflected back to me is it's beautiful that I'm honoring my desires and I also get to create my own sense of groundedness as I'm bringing this aliveness and this desire through. So I'm going to leave that there. I would love to know what's landing for you, what's resonating, what's coming up for you. If you're connected to your desires, if you're connected to your aliveness, if you've been craving this lit up, turned on, alive life, if you're projecting expectation or onto your partner around sex, if this conversation around aliveness is really reminding you why there's so much emphasis on sex for you. When I shared this in front of a group the other day and received the coaching from Christine, Privately in my DMs from all the women who witnessed it, everyone was like, oh my fucking God, Beck, I resonate so deeply with this conversation. So much so that I just couldn't not bring this through for you today. So super vulnerable, raw and real, which is entirely the purpose of the podcast. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast on forgiveness today because forgiveness and trauma has been such a huge emphasis of true transformation. And I was like, nah, I'm going to tell the cock dildo story from the adult store and see what comes through. But I'm just saying right now, watch this fucking space because I have honestly, fam, said the past three years to my mentors, I literally feel like I am at 2% Beck. And 2% Beck is fucking brilliant. Like, look at some of the results I created. I'm so proud of myself. I'm brilliant. I love the courage in my voice. I love my fire. My fire is, oh, I love my fire. I love my ability to communicate and create resonance with women and be a stand for women who have not yet found their voice so that then they in turn can find their own. I love being a permission slip. And I fucking love being a voice for the herpes virus. I don't feel like there's any woman, any person online who does it like me. And I deeply believe that I am still at 2% back and 98% of me is still coming online. And oh my God, I can't wait to experience what she, what I bring through. I hope that you love listening to today just as much as I love recording it. If you loved it, fam, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can connect with you and hear really closely what you got to receive from this. You're amazing. I can't wait for next week. Have the most beautiful, brilliant day. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.